the very first thing we are to do is be fruitful. This is us. This is the kingdom entrepreneur mandate. This is how we are called to create and then how we are called to be an entrepreneur here is we are to first off be fruitful. So what does that mean as an entrepreneur? We are to be productive. We are to produce something that is of good quality, whether it's a product or a service, be productive. The King's Council helps you discover, develop, and deploy your God-given talents and abilities. In order to leave a legacy, you need to live your legacy of excellence through the five power pillars, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, and financial. Now, our programs are specifically designed to give you the blueprint and strategies that you need to gain an edge in the most important areas of your life. Join us in creating the next wave of kingdom entrepreneurs and become the CEO of your life by visiting kingscouncilcoaching.com and connect with one of our team members today. To download our Kingdom Money Principle Cheat Sheet, text the word money to 727-472-3860. Again, text the word money to 727-472-3860. All right, all right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the King's Council Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Meek. And today we are going to be diving into probably my favorite topic of all time. And that is entrepreneurship. Specifically, we're going to be talking about kingdom entrepreneurship and really what in the world that actually is. What does that mean versus just entrepreneurship of the world, right? Or we'll call it secular entrepreneurship. How about that? But there's actually a thing of called kingdom entrepreneurship and actually a biblical blueprint throughout the Bible that I'm so excited to unpack with you guys, uh, really because just part of as I'm diving into just scripture and spending more and more time with God, just the revelations that I'm coming across, is just so amazing. I know I've said this in the past, but part of the reason I just love doing this podcast is to really, you know, share these thoughts, these ideas, these uh, downloads, whatever you want to call it, that I feel like has just been very impactful for me. And I hope it has the, the same effect on you guys as well, listening to this. And part of the reason I've been diving so much into Kingdom Money Principles. We've been talking a lot about that. If you haven't listened to some of those episodes, please, I would encourage you to do so over the past few months. We really went into what biblical success actually is, and we're going to go through really kingdom entrepreneurship. And selfishly, I'm, I want to go through this because I'm in the process of creating content for a series of, of three books that we are essentially kind of simultaneously writing all three of them because I do want to release them somewhat as a set here towards the end of the year on kingdom money principles, on sales and marketing and really biblical entrepreneurship and why I really believe entrepreneurship is God-given. In fact, on this episode, I even wanted to boldly just declare that God was the first entrepreneur. And I'm going to unpack why I believe that with you guys on this episode as well. So, Walk with me in this, guys, to take the next 20, 30 minutes. I don't know how long this thing's going to go, but I do just want to share this with you, and I encourage you just to, to stay with me on here, and I'd love to get feedback on this, on what your guys' thoughts are, because as entrepreneurs, I think a lot of our listeners, the King's Council is really, we have our coaching program. It's a business coaching, really community more so than 
than coaching, in my opinion, because I'm a firm believer that iron sharpens iron. And it's just a, a power, such a power of coming together. It's why we host business masterminds on a monthly basis and group coaching calls and things like that. But it's it's the power of that community. And there's it's so fun to do it with like mind setted people. Okay. And I'm sure you guys have heard me talk about this before. It's it doesn't do us any good to be around like-minded people. Okay. It might be easy to have conversations with with those, but it doesn't do us any good to be only with those that think exactly like we think. Right. I think there's a a philosophy of how we should think, and that's a growth mindset uh, versus a fixed mindset. So if we as kingdom entrepreneurs can surround ourselves with other like-minded, like growth mindsetted individuals, man, there is, I don't think there's anything that we cannot accomplish together on this earth. Okay. And if as entrepreneurs, we're all kind of, we're a little weird anyways, right? We're, I mean, we don't think we're weird, right? But others maybe think like, why do you always have to think that way? Or why do you think differently about how we can grow something, how we can create something, how we can make it better. And if you're like me, like that's just, it just, it's a natural, call it a gifting that, that some of us have. And it's entrepreneurship isn't necessarily for everybody. I want to preface myself with that though. I believe we are all entrepreneurs with the understanding of what true entrepreneurship is. Okay. Which simply means to undertake. Okay. God being the first entrepreneur, like he undertook the task at hand, like he, his goal was to, was to essentially bring heaven to earth, to create. God was the original creator. And because we have been created in his image, we are all creators. That is a God-given skill set that is in every single one of us. But, and this is a big but, it's a matter of if we're going to cultivate that, if, if we're going to surround ourselves with those type of people that are going to help draw that creativeness out of us. And partly why I'm so excited to, again, another project through this year is to release our youth entrepreneurship. The King's Academy is another work in progress here to help kiddos. You know, I have a 10-year-old daughter right now, and, and we discuss a lot of this stuff but I think it's just a missing component within the school system today. And if you homeschool your child, God bless you. Or if you have a some sort of additional teaching or just ability to, to grow in their mindset and in their leadership abilities or capabilities, or if you don't, I highly encourage you to start, okay? Because the baton that we're passing on, it can be scary if you just are only looking at what's going on in the world. And as kingdom entrepreneurs, I believe it is our job. It is our responsibility to pass. Because it's one thing to create wealth and pass wealth on from generation to generation. That can be created and more can be made. But knowledge and wisdom and experience and expertise is something that is invaluable, in my opinion. And spending that time pouring into your children, pouring into that next generation, even if you don't have children, being that mentor for somebody is so important to be able to pass that wisdom, knowledge, and expertise into that next generation. That's where my heart is. And that's why we will be rolling out. I'm declaring this, the King's Academy here in the coming months. So stay tuned to that as well, because that's my heart, guys. My heart is, I love entrepreneurship and just the idea of it, of building something, of taking something from nothing to an idea, a concept to how do we 
create a business plan? How do we create a a want for that product or that service? Because people don't buy what they need, they buy what they want. And these are going to be the type of things that we we continually teach and coach on, not only for our existing uh, masterminds, our existing kingdom business leaders, but as we're going to be rolling this out into the next generation as well. So enough about that. I want to dive into this episode, guys, because this is going to be fun. I, I geek out to this stuff. And as I mentioned before, I believe God was, is the first entrepreneur. If we look at what I believe the true definition of entrepreneurship is, of the original French meaning for it was to undertake. Okay. If you're an undertaker, you are an entrepreneur. You don't have to build a business. You don't have to be a CEO or an executive to think that way, but you just have to undertake the task at hand. And from the world standpoint, I want to talk about how the world views and sees entrepreneurship and how we can overlap, we'll call it maybe the kingdom entrepreneurship, that true definition. Okay. So I did find this definition of entrepreneurship, just Googling out there. And what I came up with was this. It said, the world sees entrepreneurship as a means for self-driven individuals to participate in a free market economy for the purpose of controlling resources and creating wealth for themselves. Okay, that's what entrepreneurship is as the world sees it. Okay, it's a means for self-driven individuals. Okay, if you're listening to this, I would imagine you're that person. You're that self-driven individual. It's a means for us to participate in a free market economy for the purpose of controlling resources and creating wealth for themselves. Now, the reason I got into entrepreneurship when I was, you know, a young at 15, it was absolutely this. I wanted to get rich, baby. Like that's 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 what I wanted. And I knew I wasn't going to get that by making somebody else rich by a job that my income was capped, okay? Now, if I had to serve in that role for a period of time to make ends meet, no problem, but my mind was always creating. It was always what did I have to do to not be in this role? Okay? Now, 100% that is where my heart was, and I believe it was that way because God hadn't God hadn't molded it yet. I personally hadn't given it over to God to allow him to mold it into what it actually is versus kingdom entrepreneurship. Okay. Kingdom entrepreneurship is about exercising stewardship over God's resources. If we are stewarding God's resources, that's an understanding of what kingdom entrepreneurship is. But the goal of that is to serve others profitably. Okay. I want to make sure that we heard, you heard me on that. We want to steward God's resources, serve others profitably for the benefit of the kingdom. And yes, profit is included in that. I believe we can absolutely do all of that. We can create wealth during this process. And I believe that we are actually called to do that. And I'm going to prove that through scripture for you guys today. Now, you know, I'm big on biblical blueprints, okay, templates. The Bible is full of them if we actually just opened our eyes and related it to everyday life. Okay, what happened 2,000 years ago, years before that even in the Old Testament is from creation. Like what happened was God giving us the blueprint, this playbook of life. Life is an open book test. You've heard me say that before. It's open book. And some of us are just going through life without actually referencing the operating manual. It's crazy to think about that if we're trying to operate anything without reading the manual, but how many of us do this in life? It's like we're walking through life, especially dudes, 
right? It's like, I don't need to read that manual. I'm going to start to put together this table. And finally, we get so frustrated, we go back to the manual. And I, I know that's what a lot of us have done. If we're older in age, and it's like, yeah, we tried this thing called life. We thought we knew what it took to actually be successful. We thought we knew what was best. And then finally, we're coming back to the operating manual, the Bible, the Word of God, the living, breathing Word of God. God is and was the Word. And it's incredible what He can reveal to us, what He can do with us. Co, I'm going to talk about this, guys, that I believe we are co-creators with God in this process of what we're doing here on life, in life. Okay, so stick with me on this and I'm going to explain this to you guys. You guys know what we coach on is the seven days of creation, the God-given blueprint, the seven day of creation blueprint of how we should operate in anything that we do. If you're building a business, if you're building a relationship, if you're building anything, if you just start to flow through these seven days, and if you don't know what that is, text the word seven to 727-472-3860. That's going to be in the show notes. And I can get you that blueprint. If you're new to this, we have past episodes that will explain to you what the seven day of creation blueprint actually is. And I promise you, it works every single time. It's a full proof blueprint of how to create. Okay. Because God was the first entrepreneur, is the first entrepreneur. He was the original creator. Okay. I'm going to go way back here in the beginning. Okay. Genesis one, I'm going to read one through three here. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens in the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Man, that just makes me, I'm just like in awe of what that would actually have been like. The spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The vastness, the, I mean, the unendingness of God is so much more. Our, our simple little minds can't even comprehend this. But through this, God then said, let there be light. And there was light. Bam. God cast vision. Now we know, again, back to the seven day of creation, we will explain this. You know what? I'm going to actually do an eight part series on this here over the coming months to dive into what that actually truly means. Because light, what we think of as light is like the sun, right? It's like, it's day, it's night, it's day, it's night. That was actually day four in the days of creation. Okay. When God actually created order. So when we're talking about light here, the Bible also tells us that God is light. Like it's so, how does that work? God said, let there be light. It was a, like a womb. God created in that moment. First off, big point here, God spoke, God said, let there be light. Okay. So if you're an entrepreneur, I don't care if you're an entrepreneur or not, your words have power. They have unbelievable creative power that have the ability to live and also have the ability to kill and destroy. Okay. So Choose your words wisely. Back to these first couple verses, first three verses in the entire Bible. I want to make note that God, God doesn't reveal in the very first three scriptures, in the word, the living, breathing word of God, the first thing God doesn't do is reveal how loving he is, how gracious he is, how forgiving he is, how holy, how omnipotent he is. No, the first thing that he shows us in the word of God is that he was a creator. He is a creator. He is creative. In the book of Genesis, okay, something is created out of nothing. He brings order from chaos and he creates 
for the good of others. As you're going to see here, again, if you go through the seven days of creation, you know that he creates for the good of others here. Okay, so back to God was the absolute first entrepreneur. He was creative. He undertook the task at hand. Well, let's just use this kind of definition of like God is the creator of the universe. Okay, so if he's the first entrepreneur, because in Genesis, it clearly says that he created something out of nothing, right? The earth was formless. It was empty. It was void. And he spoke that into existence. And then over the next six days, his voice brought forth light, it brought forth the heavens in the earth. Okay. He formed the earth. There was morning, there was night, morning, night. He created sky, he created land, the firmament, right? He created the vegetation, the stars, the animals, and then he created us. And after he got done creating, okay, after six days, every day it was good. It looked down, it was good. He looked down, it was good. Sixth day, he looked down and said, man, that is very good after he created us. And then it says he stopped creating. He rested. Okay, it was the Sabbath. He created it. The next verse then, Genesis 128. Okay, you can read that. The first chapter of Genesis all the way through here, God created us through the sixth day. And upon that sixth day, we had been given a creation mandate. Okay, and this is what I want you guys to hear. I believe this is our biblical blueprint of how we are to operate in anything that we are creating, especially if you're an entrepreneur and you're creating a business, this is our mandate of what we are to do when we're creating a business. So Genesis 128, I'm going to just read this here. It says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish and the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. All right, hear me on this, guys. The very first thing we are to do is be fruitful. This is us. This is the kingdom entrepreneur mandate. This is how we are called to create and then how we are called to be an entrepreneur here is we are to first off be fruitful. So what does that mean as an entrepreneur? We are to be productive. We are to produce something that is of good quality, whether it's a product or a service, be productive. Okay, this isn't about just producing babies, okay, but we are to be productive with whatever we have been given at hand, be productive in this process. Okay, and then we are to increase in number. We are to multiply. It depends on what version of the Bible that you're reading there. King James may say multiply. What does that mean? So we've produced once, now we are to reproduce it. Okay, so that product or that service that you have as an entrepreneur, you've produced it once. Can you produce it again and again and again and again? Okay, once we have that, now we are to fill the earth. We are to distribute it, that product or that service. Okay, we've got a good product. We have a good service. We've proven it out. Now we can scale that bad boy. We, can, we have a distribution model of how to take it to the masses, how to deliver it to the marketplace. And then from there, we are called to subdue it. Okay, what does that mean? We are called to dominate. We are called to control the market as a kingdom entrepreneur. This is our assignment. This is why I, I just believe so heavily in my heart. This is where we've missed it, guys. This is where we as entrepreneurs have missed it. And what I believe God leading this path, forging this trail, we'll call it, blazing this trail as the King's Council, leading this as kingdom entrepreneurs, we should be the 
the most impactful, the most influential people on the face of this earth, and we've missed the mark. I'm telling you, we've done it because there are people that are non-believers that are operating and they're doing this very, very well. They don't even know that they're operating by biblical principles. But as you've heard me say, principles are principles are principles. It does not matter if you believe in Christ as your Lord and Savior or not. Principles are principles. Gravity is gravity. Here's the thing, though. If you do believe in the power of God, in Christ, his saving grace, and you, and you start to get in and you operate within these principles, holy cats, now you have the power behind you to actually operate within these principles for a greater purpose, for a reason that you know why. Okay, it's not to get whatever worldly wealth that you're looking to create or, or a name for yourself. No, it is a name for him. It is the ultimate reason why we do anything. The ultimate purpose of, of us is to, to go forth, okay, to multiply, to subdue, to dominate. And if we do that, we should be, we absolutely, kingdom entrepreneurs should absolutely be ushering in, being the catalyst of the second coming of Christ. I'm calling us out now, like this is what we are called to do. This is what we are supposed to do as a kingdom entrepreneur. And if you're not here yet, that's okay. But I'm encouraging you to get around people that are mindseted this way, that think this way, okay, that aren't ashamed to go create wealth, that have an internal desire, not a motivation, okay, because that's fleeting, but an inspiration where this is what we got to do. This is what we're called to do. This is our purpose on this earth is to do so, to create wealth, to fulfill the covenant that he has given us, to lay the foundation, to be the catalyst, to usher in his second coming. Man, I cannot wait till that day. So this is why I get so excited about this, guys. If we follow these steps from the original entrepreneur and the fact that we are called to create, we are called to work. Okay, a lot of us think that work is a curse. We get that. What I believe is because we're not reading the entire Bible. We're not taking into everything into consideration and we cherry pick scriptures and we're not understanding the entire word of God here. Because if you believe in the word of God, then you got to believe the whole word here. And something that I think a lot of us, we think that when Adam sinned, when the fall of man took place, we got kicked out of the garden. Okay. And then it became a curse for us to work. It was by the sweat of our brow. And yes, that's a real thing. Okay. But if you look actually back to the beginning again, God created work before the fall. Work was there. It was actually a part of the reason why he created us. It was an invitation to create and build something alongside the original creator, the original entrepreneur. Think of it this way. Work was something that God gave us. It was a gift, a vehicle through which we can actually spend time with him in his presence. Whoa. Okay. I'm going to challenge you on to think about this, guys. He created us to work. So what if we actually had that understanding, that, that mindset, when we got up and we were going to do anything, we were going to actually work at it with all of our heart as if we're working for the Lord, not for anybody else. When God created the garden, it wasn't with the absence of work. Okay, he created the garden and then he created us to work the garden alongside the perfect co-creator, the original creator, but he created us to work the garden with him. Okay, God created Adam to work together within the garden. And he realized, all right, 
he also needs a helper. Okay. And then he created Eve. But I want you to understand that this is the original intent was we were created to work, not out of punishment. We were created to work as entrepreneurs, as a blessing. It was part of God's original design. And actually, if you go back to Genesis here, go to chapter two, though, chapter two, verse five. I believe this is the first time the word work is in the Bible. And the original word used here is avad. It's spelled A-B-A-D, a Hebrew word pronounced avad. If you actually look at that, it's not like by the sweat of your brow. It actually is a, a meaning of worship. Okay, God created work as an understanding. The original Hebrew word here was a form of worship. So as entrepreneurs, when we're working, it is a form of worship. Obviously, if our heart and our, our spirit and our the reason why we're doing anything is a form of worship. Worship just isn't like I'm going to church on Sunday morning to sing three to four hymns or three to four worship songs, and then the lights come on and I get a message and that was fun worship. No, our life should be an act of worship every day, all day, every day. Okay, whatever you're good at, do it as a form of worshiping the Lord. Understand this, guys. God created work for us to work with him alongside of him as a co-creator. So that creativeness is inside of us. He wants us to think creatively. He wants us to come up with new ideas, new projects. But most importantly, he doesn't want us to do it alone. Okay, he didn't leave Adam alone in the garden and just create him and say, okay, go work the garden. No, he was there with him. We're not to work in isolation. We are to work in community with God, number one, and then also with our helpmates, right? This was the original intent, the original intent of how God was bringing the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. See, entrepreneurs, what our job is to do is to take the potential. God created everything up until day six. He created everything that we ever needed, right? Everything that we ever needed was created. And then what our job as entrepreneurs is to do is to take the potential of what God created within the earth and creatively make it better. I'm going to say this again, guys. God created everything, everything that was ever going to be needed within six days. If you go back to the original six days of him creating before he rested on the seventh, everything was created that we would ever need. And on that sixth day, he created us as entrepreneurs to take the potential of everything that he created and creatively make it better. Heck, look at the last 200 years, how advanced we've come. Look at the last 30 years, 50 years. It's unbelievable the potential that we took, that things that people didn't think were even ever possible is now happening because we've become more creative. Okay, those that are thinking outside the box, those are thinking that I can you know, with God's help can make something creative, a good product or a good service. Now, obviously there's, if we're kingdom mindset, that was the original intent, but that's now gone array, right? Like that's not everybody's intent, unfortunately, but that was the risk God took as an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship, God took a risk. The original creator took a risk, not in a risk like you and I would think of a risk when creating something, right? But at the end of the day, what's the worst that could happen as an entrepreneur? Like we lose our business. Heck, we had a second mortgage our home to get a loan to start the business. Maybe we lose our home. I mean, that's a risk. Absolutely. But is the risk of us like dying? Is the risk of us having to go to the cross, suffering the most unbearable death and pain and 
hell on earth? No. But the crazy thing, God being God did that full well knowing he was going to have to do that because he's God. And that's the risk that he took as the original entrepreneurs. He still did it. He still did it because of his goodness, because of his love for us. So as entrepreneurs, yeah, we have a complete blueprint here of what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to dominate, completely control the market, knowing that there's going to be risk involved. Every decision we make has a consequence one way or the other. Every decision. Don't think that any decision you make is going to go without any sort of consequence. Every decision. Now, that can be weighty if you really think about that. I don't want that to be a scary thing, but I want it to be something that you take seriously. You have an intention with every decision that you make when you're operating your business as co-creators with God, okay, God who created everything out of complete chaos. Our job is to solve problems. Our job is to, to seize those opportunities that are, that are at hand and creatively look to him, seek him, and come up with solutions. We've been given everything that we ever need, right? God didn't create a car. God created the ability for us to find oil and then you know, mold the car, right? And it was to creative people like, I can't even think of his name, Mercedes-Benz guy. I think he's the original creator of the car. Henry Ford gets a lot of the credit, but he was actually the assembly line. But think of these guys, creative thinkers, because they took what God had already created. Like God never created a table. I'm sure you've heard that before, but he created a tree and we creatively made a table. So what can you creatively, this is business. This is entrepreneurship 101, guys. There ain't nothing new under the sun. How do you like that for grammar? There ain't nothing new, but here's the deal. As an entrepreneur, business at the core of it, all it really is, is taking an idea, a product or service, packaging it up, maybe bundling it up with something else, and then re-delivering it to the marketplace in which somebody wants. Not even what they need, because people don't buy what they need, they buy what they want. So how can I take even an existing product or service, think about it right now. As an entrepreneur, you follow opportunities, do not follow your passion, follow opportunity, always bring in your passion with you. How can you creatively get a different product or a different service and deliver it to the marketplace in which it is something that people want? That's it. It can be, I don't want to say like it's not extremely hard and a lot of work, but it is at the core of it, it's that simple. How do we get somebody to want it? Now, as a kingdom entrepreneur, there's some defining characteristics that I want us to be very clear that will separate us from, we'll call it the secular entrepreneurs. I don't know if that's a good word for it or not, but people that aren't kingdom, right? We are either kingdom or we are not. If you are kingdom-minded, and I hope if you're listening to this, you are. If not, keep listening because I'm going to do my darndest to convince you if you get into these principles, if you get under God's covering, it's incredible what can be done. Now, the characteristics of a kingdom entrepreneur. First off, we know that we were called to create. Okay, everybody, you don't have to be a kingdom entrepreneur. If you were created, you were created in the image of God. Whether you believe in Jesus is your Lord and Savior or not, you are still created in the image of God. So we all have that ability to create. We were called to create as original entrepreneurs. We were called to create alongside of him in the garden. Okay. Adam sinned, jacked everything up for us, and we're dealing with the mess right now. Thankfully, Christ returned, redeemed us, gave us the opportunity to have that redemption, to forgive us our sins so that we may 
we may have that bond with him again, the everlasting life with him again, but that takes us to be able to pursue him. He's constantly always pursuing us. It's a matter of if we wake up and understand what he's done for us, what he did for us, what he continually does for us. Okay, that's our process. But back to this, the characteristics, I'm going on all sorts of tangents with you guys today, but the characteristics of a kingdom entrepreneur is that we are called to create. Okay, and if your identity is not in Christ, this is where it's going to get difficult for you. It's going to be a grind. It's going to be a hustle. It's going to be a lot of work. You're going to experience a lot of successes, okay, if you're good at it. Okay, some of us are good at hustling and are willing to do whatever it takes based upon our willpower. And I was successful at a lot of things, but still felt like a failure. Hear me when I say this, you can be successful at a lot of things and still be a failure. If your identity is not found in Christ, if you are not operating for the intended original purpose of why you were created, you will always still feel like a failure. I can guarantee you there's multi-multi-millionaires and billionaires that still feel this way, that still have that emptiness inside of them. And this is the reason. Likewise, there are broke people, financially broke people. I believe they are choosing to operate in that way, but can have their identity still in Christ and, and have eternal life. Okay, they're just not operating within the principles that I really believe God has called us to be. Okay, if you're a missionary, you're still an entrepreneur. If you dedicate all your time, your energy, and effort, understand entrepreneurship is not about creating wealth. Entrepreneurship is about undertaking the task at hand and operating within the original intended purpose for why God created you. Not me, but why God created you. And only you know that. Okay, God knows that, I guess we'll, we'll say that, but only you and God know that. And when you start to operate in that, you're going to know. You're going to absolutely going to know. We talked about this on a few episodes back. If you haven't understood what your purpose, your individual purpose is, go back to that and understand, start this process at least of understanding why you were originally created, the purpose that God created you. He created us with a corporate mandate, right? To create, there's a reason, there's a micro reason, there's the macro reason why we were created. And then there's the micro reason as part of the body of Christ, why you were created to do you. Okay. So your identity in Christ, that's a kingdom entrepreneur. And from there, it's understanding that God owns everything. We are simply stewards. Okay. And if we have that understanding, we know we are called to create. God owns absolutely everything. We are simply stewards. We are managers of what he has created, knowing that a manager is not simply shifting papers around on a, on a desk. Okay. A manager is called to produce. If you give somebody your money right now, you think of a money manager, you don't give it to him or her and say, boy, I hope they don't lose it. No, you give it to them with the intent of them creating more. That's what our job is on this earth. We are to be stewards of what he has given us, knowing that when we work, it is to be working alongside him we don't worship work, but we worship with our work. We do not worship the work that we do. I used to be this person. I did. I, I loved working. But when I realized that my identity was truly in Christ, that's when I had the revelation, the understanding that what I was doing was that became my idol. And it wasn't the reason why I was doing it wasn't for the original intended purpose of why God created me. So now it's a mindset of I'm not worshiping my work, but I'm worshiping through my work, for my creator, based upon the skill set, the giftings, and the abilities that he's given me, and you as an entrepreneur have that same ability to do so. If we operate in excellence, 
with that heart and that understanding that everything that I'm going to do, I'm going to do it as if I'm working for the Lord, not for man or anybody else's approval. And then knowing, being in such, when we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, when we are in right alignment with him in every decision that we make, and I don't want this to be a a weighty thought or something that's like, man, that seems like a lot, but I want this to be a, a freedom, a sense of freedom and feeling when you get in right alignment God's grace isn't the ability to just do what we want. God's grace is the ability to make the decision to do what is right. When we're under his covering, it takes us from being being the one that gets it done, that has to make it happen, okay? Which as I guarantee you, if you're an entrepreneur, that's you. You're like, well, if it's to be, it's up to me. And you've gone, you've reached this far in your life because of that. Okay, obviously God's grace has probably gotten you a lot <laughs> through a lot. Okay, his sovereignty has gotten you through a lot. But if you sit back and think of probably when there was times where you maybe the writing was on the wall where it's like, I should not give up, but I should maybe surrender. Okay, I should not give up, but I should surrender to Christ, to God of what I should really be doing in this situation. Okay, and this is a matter of operating within your willpower operating on your strength or operating on his, operating within the faith. Okay. So the faith that we can have knowing that the decision that we make, because sometimes we know the right decision with when it's like within the world sense of what should be done, or I'm going to operate based upon what I can do, how I can make this happen. And we're not consulting with God. We're not consulting with like, okay, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to completely surrender this to you, Lord. Give me the wisdom, the grace, the understanding, and the knowledge of what to do next, because I can't get through this without you. Okay, there's a difference between being willful on what I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it, and then operating within his grace and operating by faith. Because partly, guys, I'm just preaching to myself on this, of just the, all the stuff that I've been going through over the past few months in the entrepreneurship world, knowing that the God-given calling that the vision, the original intended vision for even King's Council, the original reason why it was started and how it evolved into so many different things. And it was like all of them, you know, were good ideas, but was it for the intended original purpose of why that original God-given vision two years ago, like, was I operating within that? And this was the revelation that hit me about a month ago of like, no, the answer was no. Okay. We were successful at a lot of things but still not operating, still what I believe was a failure in the understanding of what the original intended purpose for what I was doing was. What was the, that original tent? And as I was preparing for this, I started doing some searching and, and I came across this quote from Chip Ingram. And I'm going to read this to you guys and then I'm going to end it on this because I've been a little longer than I'd anticipated today. But Chip Ingram, if you don't know who he is, I, I don't, actually don't even know what he does, uh, truthfully, but I hear him a lot on the local radio station. I heard him a lot on the local radio station here in the Twin Cities. Chip Ingram has this quote here, and it was he was describing the paradigm of striving versus contending. This is what got me, guys. There's a, a difference here. This is his. I'm reading this of, of his words here. And, and what he said was, in essence, all of God's work is going to be done in a hostile environment where the enemy seeks to thwart the kingdom advancement. Therefore, it requires energy and focus and faith to move forward. But there's a difference between contending for the faith, 
which is what God has directed you to do in striving. Contending means I bring all that I am in obedience to the Lord Jesus, but the outcomes are his. It's a position of dependency and entrusting the results in timing and funding, etc., to him. Whereas striving, striving is characterized by an internal pressure that I have to make this happen in my energy, in the timeline I believe is necessary, and in many cases by the means that I think is best. Contending is accompanied by peace and dependency, where striving is accompanied by anxiety and pressure. I'm going to leave you guys with that. Contending is accompanied by peace and dependency, where striving is accompanied by anxiety and pressure. Ask yourself right now, within the entrepreneurship world that you're living in, are you striving or are you contending? And if you're striving, it's time to come back to God. It's time to, to completely surrender your business, the very next decisions that you have to make, surrender it to him. Get in this, this world of kingdom entrepreneurship, completely surrender that he owns your business. You do not own it. You are stewarding it. Contend for what it is that you believe is what he has you doing. Okay. If you don't know that though, ask him, spend some time with him, seek him. He'll make it clear to you. And then once you know that, go into it like you're contending. And if you have that heart and that mindset and that understanding, you will have the peace and dependency. You will have the peace that transcends all understanding. I can promise you that. What I've been contending for over the past few months, the peace that I had was remarkable versus past businesses where I just, I was like doing it. I was hustling. I was grinding. I was striving with such anxiety and such pressure. Ask yourself, are you contending? Or are you striving? We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the King's Council Podcast. If you loved what you heard, give us a follow and a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcast. You can also watch this episode and much more on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash King's Council Coaching.